Hello, this is Rupert Sheldrake. I'm here with Mark Vernon for another of our dialogues in the Science Set Free series. Hello, so, Rupert. Hi. Hello, Mark. Hi. Um, Mark, I, I'm very curious to hear what happened when you went to uh, the Sunday Assembly, this sort of humanist or atheist church which has started up and um, I think it's only two or three years old. Uh, so can you tell me something about that? Yeah, it's this incredibly successful movement um, that um, got going about three years ago um, called the Sunday Assembly. They they, they coined um, the phrase Atheist Church to start with, but interestingly, Sanderson Jones and Pippa Evans, who set it up, aren't very keen on that expression now because um, one of the things which they wanted to do was provide a space for people who they didn't want to go to church but on the other hand, they didn't want to be known as against God. Um, so trying to create a sort of new possibility in between. And they um, put on a meeting in London, North London, um, and a very large number of people came, much to their surprise. And three years on, there are now, I think, 70 or more Sunday assemblies around the world. Um, who have responded, heard about it over the internet, mm. um, and who have felt the need for um, getting together. They talk about celebrating life, wandering, uh, as in enjoying the wonder of life, um, helping others. Um, and uh, they seem to have hit on a formula that is absolutely right for the moment um, where atheism, as it were, has got to. Um, so I, I actually made a, a program for the BBC about the Sunday Assembly, which gave us an opportunity to visit uh, Sunday assemblies, talk to people from different parts of the world, speak to some sociologists about it, to try and get some sense of kind of what had happened. Because it, what has happened is, I think, is as much a surprise to Sanderson and Pippa um, as it is to anyone else. I see. So then, what was it actually like going to these uh, meetings? Well, if I'm if I'm really honest, um, the thing it reminded me of was going to a kind of Christian charismatic meeting. Because what happens is you, you you arrive and before the service sort of gets going, the band is warming up on stage and they use uh, pop songs, you know, rather than Christian songs and choruses, um, but, uh, you know, very uh, high emotion impact songs um, to uh, to lift the spirits and to give some sort of expression to things and to draw people together. So the band, you know, the dumb drums are going and the bass is pl- going away and there's this sort of sense of something gathering um mm. but quite uh exciting um you know much like going to a church like holy trinity brompton here in london um you know and it's it's quite well produced um the, the service um so you kind of you get you get swept along um into the emotion of it it's definitely a collective kind of group um experience um, which is quite interesting because in, in, I think one of the things about secular humanism is it's often been a much more individualistic experience. Mm. It's kind of about me and my sense of things, mm. um, and, and, and actually wanting to resist the sense of being swept along by a kind of movement. Yes. And in fact, one of the people we spoke to for the program, Terry Sanderson, who heads up the National Secular Society, he was, he was very suspicious of it because it has this religious feel, not because of what they confess, but because of the form, the kind of, uh, well, they explicitly use um, Christian forms, you know, they're called the Sunday Assembly, they meet on a Sunday, and mm. and he, I think, felt that uh, group 
dynamic and his his kind of atheism his kind of secularism is just very resistant to that hmm. um so that you know it, it throws up a lot of really interesting questions oh, fascinating yeah um yeah but they also have uh, they'll have someone give a sort of inspiring talk a kind um, of sermon a secular yeah, sermon yeah so i've done one actually i did oh, one yeah. uh, uh just quite recently and it was around the time of remembrance sunday uh in november um and they wanted to do that um but it with a slightly different way so i talked about how um a lot of the aggression that can overtake a society during times of war actually comes from our inner aggression um you know i work as a psychotherapist and uh um so i talked about projections and about how we split off the good from the bad and um that kind of inner dynamic um so it, that that seemed to be quite a good way of giving a talk um to the sunday assembly you know so it wasn't obviously expounding the bible or something um yeah. but it was trying to get in touch with a real dynamic in life still so how long was the talk for uh, probably about 15 or 20 minutes so rather like a longish sermon, yeah, in fact. Yeah, and it was illustrated. You know, mm. I showed some pictures and got a bit of audience participation. Um, so mm. uh, it wasn't just like standing in a pulpit. Um, yeah. And but then they, do they sing together? Yeah, so they sing um, probably three or four well-known pop songs, um, but that can be done collectively and have a kind of bit of a message or a, a sort of feel. For example? Um, so on Remembrance Sunday, we sang uh, the Cranberries song, Zombies, um, which has lines in it like, you know, with their tanks and their guns and their guns and their bombs, um, they're inside your head, zombies, zombies, you know. Um, so it, uh, it had that kind of, it had the right emotional kind of mood for the theme of the service. I see. So uh, is it, is it, was it done sing-along with, with a recording of it, which you sang along with? No, they have a live band um, and they have some singers who lead um, the singing um, and they have an overhead projector with the words that come up. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I see. But do, have they created any of their own music yet, or is it all still pop music that they've adapted? Yeah, that's an interesting... Yeah, I think it's all uh, adapted so far. I haven't mm. heard of them uh, developing their own traditions in that way. But mm. when someone writes a Sunday service, Sunday assembly song, that will be quite a seminal moment, actually, yes. where they start to create, uh, if you want to call it a spiritual, or certainly a kind of collective tradition of their own. Mm. Yeah. One, one thing that I think has been really key and it's very impressive um, and also I think quite distinctive in the atheist world is that they um, they deploy what you might call a gift economy. So you don't pay to go to the Sunday Assembly, um, but you are very much encouraged to give in response to what you receive. Um, and, you know, in, there's a collection moment in the service where the leader will quite clearly say, you know, it costs this much to put these things on. If you gave £10, if you gave £20, um, that's what it would mean. Um, but only give what you can afford. Um, so th- I think that creates quite a, an interesting sort of dynamic, too, because it sort of it encourages your commitment um but without insisting on any mm. you know you don't have to buy a ticket as it were so it's it is open um free at the point of delivery um but that's that way. exactly like regular church services yeah yeah i mean it's no different from an ordinary church of england or methodist or catholic service they're all based on collections rather than entry fees yes yeah and and but it's it, it creates quite a just when, when you see it out of that context you realize how powerful a sense of linking with people that encouragement to give um, in response to what you've received does. It really creates a sense of belonging and 
um, just uh, you know taking the step up from just having a good experience mm. to okay, is this going to be something that uh, I allow to work on my life a bit uh, and pe- perhaps change me a bit and so on. Um, you know, it's very different from other atheist experiments or broadly atheistic experiments, you know, like the school of life I'm involved with, mm. um, where you, um, uh, pay, you know, you buy a ticket to come to an event. Um, or conversely, um, I guess that the British Humanist Association and so on, they might well have events which are free, um, and, um, talks and things like this. So again, it's, it's somehow trying to find a sort of middle ground, um, I see. I mean, one of the things the British Humanist Association does is train celebrants because there's obviously a clear need for rituals. I mean, births, marriages and deaths, or at least naming ceremonies for children, which churches have traditionally fulfilled and, of course, still do. Um, But for people who don't want to go to church, the humanists have got people who can do name ceremonies and marriage ceremonies and funeral ceremonies. So... Has the Sunday Assembly moved into those kinds of areas or, or not? Or yeah, I mean, they've been asked, you know, even in their sort of three short years, and they have uh, done ceremonies like that. I think quite how they do them and so on is still shaping up. Um, but it is clearly there is a demand, you know, people uh, need and want um, that kind of collective affirmation, and um, so they're doing all that as well. Um, another area where they're stepping up... Um, and again, I think that Sanderson and Pippa realise this is actually key to their longevity, um, is in the area of philanthropy. So that, um, even bidding to the NHS, the National Health Service here in the UK, um, to really take responsibility for, say, community care, visiting that kind of, uh, non-specialist, but nonetheless very important part of caring for people in the community. Um, so they're, you know, they're, 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 again, it's quite a Christian idea that, uh, caring for the dispossessed, the poor, those who are in trouble. Yes. Um, but That's doing it. Many churches are already, do anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But it's interesting. I went to a meeting where the Sunday Assembly was pitching to an NHS trust to take on some of these responsibilities. And implicitly, not explicitly, because they are quite serious about not being seen as against things, but implicitly they were saying, you know, we're the inclusive way to do this now. Uh, Christianity, as it were, in in parenthesis, comes with quite a lot of baggage, whereas we're, you know, we're pro-gay, we're pro-women, we're inclusive. So it was an interesting uh, comment uh, on our culture, actually, and how the church is perceived that, that in... The, amongst these NHS managers, they could make that kind of pitch, and it was sort of more or less accepted that, of course, you're sort of more inclusive and welcoming than the church can be. Um, mm. And for someone who goes to church like me, mm. you know, that was quite a seminal moment, actually. I thought, gosh, certainly in the UK, that's how Christianity is quite commonly perceived now. Yes. As sort of exclusive and, um, yeah, not, I mean, not offering an openness to all, which, of course, the minute you went to any church, any church leader would tell you, don't be you know, ridiculous, of course, it's welcome to all yes. and so on. So it's a matter of perceptions rather than reality. Yeah, yeah. And there may be some very strict and puritanical churches, I'm sure there are, but all the ones I've been to, I've always felt were very inclusive. Yeah. Um, um, well, that's very interesting. But, I mean, how would it differ then as they keep reinventing more and more functions of traditional churches and um, from, say, Unitarians? who 
in many ways they must overlap with because yeah. unitarians don't have a specifically christian message and they they don't have any particular doctrines i think that again it's an area which will be very interesting to see how it develops because on the one hand they do say um you know we're a community that come together to celebrate in the one life we know we have um so there's, there's not exactly saying we're against god um but it is saying but this is going to focus on the one life we know we have you know so there's a kind of secular atheistic wrapping but not in an exclusionary sense i think um so i know that quite a lot of people that go to the sunday assembly also go to church um but they find a kind of dynamic that they really like at the sunday assembly hmm. um that they don't find um in church um so there is that kind of atheistic frame definitely but on the other hand particularly sanderson jones one of the founders he's quite a mystical character um he's quite into uh, a kind of humanistic mysticism he will talk quite happily about feeling a kind of flow of life um a kind of mystery in terms of what it is to be human that's clearly bigger than his own inner life um and he's very into ecstatic practices like ecstatic dancing and i think part of the appeal of music and pop music is that it um is it was shifts consciousness a bit hmm. um and you lose a sense of yourself and step into something wider so actually the, the 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 i don't know so much about it but it made me think of um the transcendental kind of tradition um, particularly in the u.s writers like emerson and so on yes um, who 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 talk about that kind of side of life and but stay ambivalent about christianity and about hmm. um about god well wouldn't that be true then of unitarianism in general I mean, they, a lot of people who go to Unitarian churches, or at least some that I know, have sort of rather distanced themselves from the idea of God. And it, it sounds very similar to the Sunday Assembly, except it's perhaps more old-fashioned in its format. Yeah, you might call it a sort of charismatic version of Unitarianism, I suppose. Mm. Um, I don't know whether they've engaged with the Unitarians directly. Um, paradoxically, one of Sanderson's advisors and mentors is a chap called Dave Tomlinson, who's an Anglican vicar. Um, and he, Dave Tomlinson's particularly done a lot of work with, um, evangelicals that feel, um, damaged even by quite narrow forms of church. Mm. Um, he wrote a book called The Post Evangelical that was quite influential in British evangelicalism. Um, and he has advised Dave, uh, sorry, he, he's called Dave. He's advised Sanderson. And when we spoke to him for the program, he said that he actually feels Sanderson Jones is engaged in the same mission as he is sanderson doesn't like talking about god but that doesn't really bother him he thinks that the same spirit um is alive in the sunday assembly as is alive in his churches it's just that they don't name it um so he's quite mm. relaxed actually about um supporting and advising the sunday assembly i'm sure people in the sunday assembly wouldn't want to go that far you know would say oh well you know if he thinks that fair enough but i don't think that but it, there's there's the the boundaries are quite porous um mm. it's very different from old style atheism you know which you and i also know about the kind of richard dawkins style which is very clearly defined by what it's against yes um how does it relate then to some somewhat more new style atheism of alan de botton because in his book religion for atheists he attempts to re sketch out how many aspects of religion need to be reinvented because atheists need them they're, they're deprived of many things which traditional religion provides 
So that he's got an agenda somewhat similar to this, but I mean, perhaps he's put it into practice less. I don't know. Yeah, I think that um, that would be one difference is that Alan's work um, is driven very much by thinking about it first and then working out how to put it into practice. Whereas I think uh, Pippa and Sanderson um, just did this experiment one Sunday and it really captured the imagination of enough people and very quickly developed a momentum of its own. Mm. Um, so the Sunday Assembly now are challenged with how to almost build an organisation, even a sort of beginnings of an institution that can propagate this, you know, sustain mm. it. When you have 70 different groups around the world, they have their own challenges and the situation in the US is very different from in the UK. Um, so how do you kind of still have a collective sense? Um, whereas I think with Alan's work, he sorts it through um, first and is working out how to develop forms through organisations like the School of Life. Mm. But it sounds as if they're much more charismatic than he is in terms of implementing it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, yeah, that the vibe will draw you. Whereas, for example, uh, with the bigger meetings that the, the School of Life has, they'll use celebrities, for example, to draw you in. Mm. They'll inject the kind of the energy through a celebrity uh, rather than through uh, music, for mm. example. Yeah, I see. But I think it must be part of the same new phase of atheism that is not wanting just to reject religion out of hand um, is trying to develop um, religious practices particularly um, but within a framework that people feel comfortable with um, that they don't feel is smuggling in you've got to believe this or um, you know that feels isn't they're you know more where their imaginative life is at and, mm. um, I mean, what, you know, I've heard a, a chat, they, another thing which the Sunday Assembly do is they quite often have a person stand up and give a sort of testimony about their life and how it's going and how they came to the Sunday Assembly. And I've heard someone talk about how they used to go to church, um, and they got very involved in, uh, a particularly evangelical kind of church, um, and would, as it were, tell people about Jesus at any moment they possibly could. And yet they had a growing sense alongside that, that it was a bit fake, that they were, um, becoming a bit uh, neurotic about it. Um, they were trying to cling on to this sort of sense of Jesus. Um, and it just didn't, it stopped working for them. Mm. So they found a kind of new place to be enthusiastic about life, um, at the Sunday assembly. Mm. Um, and I can't quite imagine anyone doing that at the school of life and quite that way, people might have a sense that um, they don't want to get caught up in Christianity um, and do want to explore practices. There's something a bit more kind of contained and private about the school of life mm. as opposed to this more expansive, collective, energetic. I mean, it's no it's no uh, coincidence that both Pippa and Sanderson are comedians. Mm. Um, they're performers. Uh, yes. And they can, they can c conduct and bring that out. So they're used to leading a group of people. Yeah, yeah. Or being up on stage. Yeah, and, you know, and uh, providing a space where people can feel free to, you know, uh, to enjoy emotion or experience, collective mm. experience together. Mm. But still, I mean, the, the, the framework, given that it's a humanist, atheist, secular framework, um, and given that there's a part of... A, human beings that relates to the greater spirit. I mean, since I personally, and, and I know you do think there's a greater consciousness in the universe, it's not just materialist matter. Um, 
whether we call it the supreme being or ultimate consciousness or God or nirvana or and there's something beyond the human level. Now presumably people within their movement are going to start contacting that or wondering about it or perhaps they are already in which case as well as reinventing the format of a church they may find themselves reinventing god well it's it's a really interesting point because speaking purely personally when i've been along to their meetings i found them interesting inspiring uplifting um, very genuine but somehow kind of flat um, because um, the experience if this is a metaphor that works, it's kind of horizontal. Mm. It's like a bunch of human souls, even, getting together and wanting to live life more fully, um, but keeping a lid on wanting to live life in a way more more vertically or mm. more openly, mm. um, uh, in the sense of uh, seeing our life as part of a bigger life, a, mm. you know, bigger consciousness. Um, and so although I've enjoyed um, going along on a Sunday, I've been quite glad to get back to church. Mm. Um, it's been quite a bit of a surprise to me in a way to, mm. to feel that, where for all the problems that churches face, um, uh, you know, the vertical, the divine dimension, the attempt to raise your perceptions um, higher, um, more outwards, um, to relativise one's own existence um, rather than max out on one's own life, um, to me feels um, actually much richer at the end of the day. Mm. Um, so I've realised that I do, um, you know, a really important dynamic for me is to yearn for the divine as much as it's to uh, feel, uh, you know, I'm living a fuller life. Mm. And whether or not, as your question is wondering, whether or not um, their more porous atheism actually... Uh, welcomes in a new kind of divine sense i think sanderson um he's on the edge there you know mm. he is he definitely knows there's more to human life than just what reason can describe mm. um or what you know empirical methods can kind of pin down um but whether or not uh uh what happens in terms of god is i mean it, it, I, in a way I think most people in the Assembly say, you know, what happens in terms of God is clear. We won't, we're, we're not about God. Um, but there is something that uh, God feels sort of strangely near, but not quite acknowledged. Yes, well, I suppose if God's actually denied, then uh, some people begin to find that very frustrating. Um, and if God isn't denied, then they will find themselves reinventing churches. Yeah. I mean, more traditional kinds of churches. I think I think a, a part of what it will be about is the cultural place they find themselves. So I know that in the US, where Sunday Assemblies have set up, um, they've become much more um, almost like support communities for atheists, because in the US to be an atheist is, uh, is, is often seen to be a very bad thing. Uh, you know, mm. people cite atheism as a reason for divorce in the u.s for example mm. um or you know not being responsible enough to look after children because mm. you're an atheist you know things which are quite startling surprising in the uk so i guess there that maybe there's more of a need for atheists to gather and the sunday assembly will be quite explicitly atheist there whereas in this country um it is a bit different um there's uh as it were atheism is almost a kind of cultural default position um, mm. and uh, it's a bit more daring to start saying, well, maybe I'm sensing God in this. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I think that where they are culturally will make a difference. Um, and also, um, you know, they, they've, there have been attempts to set up Sunday assemblies in non-Christian cultures and it doesn't seem to work there, um, as well. So particularly say, um, in, um, the Far East, um, and I think part of it is that the, there isn't this notion of Sunday, you know, getting together on a Sunday and singing yes. hymns. There just isn't the cultural form. Yes. Um, so that's part of it. But I think also um, there's this sort of sense that religion is much more diffuse anyway. You know, you, when you go to a temple in the Far East, you kind of are already doing what you want to do, whether you make offerings or say mm. a prayer or, um, mm. you know, go to a big festival or not. Um, so why do you need this extra thing? Yes. Already. Yeah. So it's, it's a very fascinating experiment for all these kind of reasons. Very fascinating. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for telling me about it. Cheers.